Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Meet Kevin Show. Today, after the crazy bomb of Elon Musk's commentary on Bitcoin yesterday, I have brought Jamie, the CEO of HUD8 Mining and the head of human resources at HUD8 Mining, Sue, aboard from HUD8 to help us understand what this madness is. Has Elon lost his mind? Is he not understanding things? What's is this like being bipolar in the market? I don't know what's going on. Uh, Jamie, Sue, I need help understanding this. Help me out here. What what did Elon just do? Well, first of all, Sue is our head of investor relations and corporate development. Um, not human resources. That that oh, role. My bad. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, I wrote down HR, not IR. And I'm like, I know that, but I wrote down HR and then I read it without even thinking. I'm sorry. Thank I'll you. Head of IR. We've got an amazing head of HR, so I don't want to take away her crown. Um, Sue's our amazing head of IR. But thanks so much for having me again, Kevin. And it's great to have Sue along as well. Absolutely. So tell us, Elon's bomb yesterday. What is is there truth to this? You know, we we know that Bitcoin uses a lot of energy. People like to divide it into transactions, but but we know that we can add so many more transactions without increasing our energy use. So what's the miss here? What what do people need to know about Bitcoin? I'm getting folks now texting me saying, hey, Kevin, you know, you have this idea of California accepting uh, crypto payments. Maybe you shouldn't say that because uh, because there's too much of an energy usage. Now it's like spreading like a wildfire. You know, help us get some clarity here. Well, look, I think uh, I, th I think we do need to take a step back a little bit and think about um, Think about how Bitcoin is viewed as a as a store of value, and what what Bitcoin brings to the global economy and to the world at large. Because until you have a conversation about what is the value of Bitcoin, it's hard to have a conversation about is it the right amount of energy usage, and then have that conversation about energy usage. And the other the other kind of parallel I want to draw is with respect to to fiat. So we don't talk about the energy used in the fiat-based system, but uh, because it's so opaque, you can't you can't tell how much the central banking system uses as far as as far as energy. But all estimates are that it's significantly greater than uh, what the Bitcoin network uses. So I think part of the challenge that the the Bitcoin network or the Bitcoin ecosystem has is its transparency. You can see very clearly how much energy is used to create. Bitcoin, uh, and therefore it makes it a natural target for this conversation. Um, but I think uh, I think the the value that Bitcoin plays in uh, in the distribution of wealth, the the um, the the safe, the secure, and easy uh, transfer of a store of value, uh, the fact that it does trade twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, unlike the uh, traditional banking system. I mean, there's there are so many things that go into this conversation that's not just about energy usage. And then when you, if, if we do divert to talking about energy, um, the use of, or not all energy is created equal. Not all Bitcoin mining is done by coal. A lot of Bitcoin mining is done through sustainable energy practices. A lot of it uses renewable energy. And where, where, the, where we see um, the ecosystem evolving to over time is certainly driving a narrative towards more use of, of renewable energy and using um, getting access to 
sources of energy that wouldn't otherwise have been productive before before Bitcoin mining uh, became became a source of revenue that that could be applied to these otherwise stranded or wasted type of uh, energy production assets. So sorry, that's a bit of a rant. I think no, also, I mean, it's, go ahead. I was going to say, I think also when you're looking at actual um, Bitcoin production and the ESG, if you look at what Bitcoin has done for the S, so like social movements, um, it's been a modicum and means for people to escape tyranny for financial sovereignty and perhaps, uh, you know, different countries where people don't have the financial economic freedom that we have you know, here in North America. And then if you also look at it from the G, from the governance standpoint, it is permissionless. There's no one centralized authority who is running it. Uh, it's a distributed open ledger. So when you look at sort of just beyond the environmental benefits of Bitcoin and the usage associated with that, like what is the value and the energy use associated with those two other use cases of Bitcoin, right? Like it's not just the environment. Um, and we think that those are two other factors that you have to really look at as to like what this technology uh, actually brings to the world. So really looking at it holistically and, and then comparing it to the actual financial industry that we have now that uh, is, is an order of a magnitude more wasteful. I want to ask you, the, uh, I, I was reading a little bit about uh, the renewables used in crypto. And uh, a lot of folks mentioned that, you know, 70, 75 percent of crypto mining is renewable. But then I read another statistic that said it's actually 70 to 75 percent of crypto miners use renewables which is obviously very very different than 70 to 75 percent is all renewable uh, you know it's like oh yeah you know 10 percent of ours comes from solar the rest is actually any any thoughts on that and, and does it even matter for the long run i think it i think it does matter the source of energy being used and i think certainly not all uh bitcoin miners are are created equally so to kind of cast this wide brush against the industry as a whole really doesn't take into account uh the the differences that that exist across the space so we at Hadi mining for example all of our uh, operations are are in alberta canada the province of alberta is working really really hard to bring uh, more renewables onto the grid itself. It's already predominantly natural gas and wind-based. Uh, we, as a as a corporation, have recently hired a head of sustainability and are really committed to building out um, a a responsible path towards sustainable mining and sustainable energy use. And there are a lot, a lot of miners like ourselves in this space that have this commitment to drive. Um, responsible innovation into sustainable mining activities and ultimately further support um, the ESG narrative that that the, the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem or the ethos of Bitcoin is really all about. It's all about community and distribution of, of wealth and global global value creation and more connection and how can we do things differently and better. Um, just to Jamie's point too, we did recently join the Crypto Climate Accord, which was an independent group of, of individuals and companies from the crypto industry who are actively working together to create sort of like a Paris Climate Accord for how do we get the entire industry to a carbon neutral state. So so to, to sort of point the finger at, you know, Bitcoin mining, this is what it is and this is how it's always going to be is, is quite frankly, like quite misguided because there is a plethora of different initiatives and activism that's happening in the space to, to, to make sure that we're not just considering the 
the environment, but we're, that we're looking at the environment as a shareholder um, and as a priority as we continue to sort of grow out this incredibly um, nascent tech and, and industry. Are, are there other coins that you've considered mining uh, to, that might be more energy sustainable? Well, we actually did recently announce a significant investment in um, in GPU mining cards from NVIDIA or, or specifically CMPs. Uh, and they, the, the nice thing about evolving our mining strategy to also mine the Ethereum network is GPU based mining uses significantly less power. So I think there absolutely is an argument to be made for um, diversification of digital asset mining. But Bitcoin, as the hardest store of value ever known to humankind, cannot be uh, cannot be replaced or overlooked. We were we're very much uh, Bitcoin bulls. Obviously, we're big holders of Bitcoin on our balance sheet, and we truly believe in Bitcoin's uh, long term position um, to bring this type of, of economic freedom on a global scale that we've we've never experienced before so we're very very bullish on bitcoin we love what we're seeing uh in ethereum and and in the DeFi space and we're really excited to uh to make that strategic uh move to start gpu mining as well and we're excited about the differentiation of the power profile there um but but we we're we're very much bitcoin bulls now, there's talk that uh, China might have uh, an edge over Canadian miners because they're closer to where chips are being manufactured. Maybe there are less transportation costs. They can get access to cheaper products quicker. Do you notice, uh, like, what kind of competition are you noticing? And are you finding any challenges when you talk with analysts uh, uh, regarding HUD-8? Well, again, and, and Sue alluded to this. We're in such an early stage in this in this industry with respect to digital asset mining. And yes, today the, the manufacturing um, is generally done out of China, but we're seeing a ton of innovation coming in this space. We're seeing, we believe we'll see new entrants coming out of North America. I think um, I think in the not too distant future, we, we will see bigger, bigger technology manufacturers starting to look at this space. And again, we're in the early innings of, um, innovation in digital assets and innovation in, in crypto. So I don't think we can point to um, everything as it stands today as how it's going to be forever. I think we really have to look at we're, we're in the, er the early inning and we need to work together as a community with part of the larger tech ecosystem um, and build and use this as a platform uh, to continue to evolve and, and build and work mm -hmm. together to do it and to extract the value that we really see coming from this form of, of decentralized peer-to-peer -peer, uh, based technology. I think also if you look at, so, you know, there has been quite a bit of um, discussion around a concentration of Chinese mining pools, um, obviously out of China. And we, so we recently joined um, Foundry Pool uh, a couple months ago. And at that time, I think they were about 12th largest in the world, but they recently just crested to the top five out of North America. So, so they're really, the, the industry is constantly moving and evolving and different power players are emerging. Um, so I, yeah, we, we wouldn't say that that's sort of a fixed um, variable that, you know, chi the Chinese miners have this incredible advantage. And again, like, like Jamie mentioned, this equipment that we've ordered from NVIDIA is being delivered in June. We were one of the top wow. five players globally to, to secure this, you know, limited fleet. Um, so, so there's, there actually is a lot more optionality, I think, than, than people realize. And we're, we're really excited about that.
It sounds like it's going to be so competitive that you're going to need like security for this container show. So, <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, it's, it's the shortage has been something else. But uh, do you, I want to ask you, do you see this shortage subsiding? Do you see any, uh, any talk about when, when this shortage will, will at least start ending? Not be, oh, I don't think it's going to be over for a while. I mean, I'll take your opinion on it, but when's it going to start turning? Are, with that, are you referring to the supply chain challenges we're seeing in the semiconductor space? Yes. Yeah, I I think that's a really a really hard question to answer. I mean, it, this isn't uh, this isn't um, a challenge that's limited to to our industry. Obviously, we've seen we've seen pain coming out of the automotive industry, and uh, and I think it's something that that's being tackled at uh, at a much bigger scale than uh, than we can speak to from from our position. Um, and I think I think constraints drive drive new innovation. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see um, what what evolves from here. And as as Sue just mentioned, we're seeing the rate of change um, at at such an accelerated pace now, and so much innovation happening, and so many people coming into the space, and so much development. Uh, what's true today may not necessarily be true a month from now, and that's one of the most exciting parts about being in this uh, in this industry at, the, mm. at this point in time. Yeah, there's a lot of thought that this uh, pandemic is is forcing companies into massive margin improvements, uh, making sure their companies are operating much more efficiently to prevent the impacts of inflation. Uh, in, in the event that uh, inflationary pressures start subsiding, I would imagine your company included would would be, end up coming out of this crisis a lot more efficient. What kind of margin improvements are you seeing or or projecting? So I can't I can't speak to margin improvements that we're projecting outside of what we've already talked about. So we do have um, uh, more efficient equipment coming in over the next few months that we've ordered from MicroBT, and obviously the the power usage of the NVIDIA cards are uh, more efficient than we see in traditional ASICs. So, um, so that's kind of well understood to be coming as far as efficiency gains for us over, over the next um, quarter or two. Um, I think I think the inflation conversation is particularly relevant to uh, to the digital assets base and to and to Bitcoin in particular because the the concerns around inflation is are one of the reasons that people are taking Bitcoin onto their balance sheet as a store of value as a hedge against inflation, uh, given that it we know that it has a limited number that will ever come into supply. Supply cannot be accelerated uh, or manipulated. It's completely decentralized. So I think the inflationary narrative actually is one that that supports uh, the appreciation of, of Bitcoin in general. I think also just when you're talking about um, efficiency in gains, perhaps outside of the inflationary, the inflation side of the discussion, um, how technology has evolved in concert with the actual Bitcoin mining infrastructure is is pretty fascinating in terms of how it's been able to address some of the the waste issues that happen in in particular the oil and gas um environment uh the oil and gas industry um and i don't really know how much we've talked about the validus agreement and partnership that we signed earlier this year but effectively it addresses the fact that about 30 to 50 percent of an oil and gas producer's flare stack is naturally inefficient or just or that just sort of is what it is in terms of how that actual flare stack energy works. loss 
Yeah. So it's about 30 to 50%. Um, and the partnership that we've uh, built with Validus, it, the technology there effectively serves to go in and capture that excess flare gas. And then that would otherwise be emitted into the atmosphere and turn it into digitized energy. Mm -hmm. um, and the really cool thing about this is the fact that oil and gas producers are actually incredibly incentivized to um, to have technology and partners like this come in because uh, if they emit a certain amount of flare gas per day, they actually have to shut down production. So it's actually like a win-win wow. for the Bitcoin mining industry plus oil and gas traditional polluters to, to mm. effectively collaborate together to solve for an otherwise excess waste and flare gas problem. So, so just in terms of efficiency gains and, and how the industry is constantly evolving, we're seeing incredibly exciting stuff happen in terms of how can we actually help clean up the environment. I mean, that's, that's really interesting. So you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the other thing that, that I don't think everyone realizes about uh, most Bitcoin miners in North America, where we are grid connected, one of the things mm -hmm. that happens is we are, we're there and we're a, a steady, stable load for when it's not required by the local community. But when the local community goes into these peak power moments where they 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 need more power than they normally do, either because it's a really, really hot day or there's a snowstorm, um, Bitcoin miners in general shed that load to feed it back to the grid. So we're able to, uh, to act as a almost a balancing force because we're a, sta a stable off taker when the energy isn't required mm -hmm. and then we give it back when it is. So it's actually making the grid much more efficient uh, where Bitcoin miners are working together with, with local power producers and the local grid. And that includes solar and wind energy as well, that we actually can off take some of the grid congestion that happens in the solar and wind um, energy space. So how how does this work? This this uh, flare capturing. I mean, can't any industry work on on like this flare capturing? I th I think one of the differences with with respect to Bitcoin mining is hmm. it it can go to that source of uh, stranded energy or stranded gas, hmm. wasted gas, however whatever whatever it looks like, uh, because hmm. Bitcoin mining can be can be mobilized and behind the yes. fence power generation can occur. So um, you don't actually have to have a transmission line that, that connects to that source. You can actually bring bring the operations directly to um, to where that that waste source is, and that's uh, that's new and unique to uh, to our space. Mm -hmm. That's that's fascinating. Now I I want to know is uh, is is uh, renewable work constrained because obviously natural gas is still a, a big push and, and certainly it's needed for peak power generation especially when everybody turns on their air conditioners on those those hot months uh is is uh or are renewables constrained by battery technology i mean how how can we build peaker plants that are renewable we can't you know run out in the field and add more panels when we need them uh our batteries i guess the bottom line question is are batteries to blame here as to why we don't have more renewables yet? Or, or what's the limiting factor to get more renewables? I actually am not an energy expert at all. So I can't speak to uh, how batteries play in. I, we could no certainly worries. recommend some, some energy people to come on that might be sure. able to deeper on this side. I, I, um, sorry, keep going. Oh, I know that one of the main constraints right now with um, energy transfer is that it it's not economically or efficient to transfer energy more than 500 miles. That's sort of like the sweet spot where it doesn't 
it doesn't make sense. It's a bit too expensive for the traditional energy transfer um, from source to population. But, but as Jamie alluded to earlier, that's actually what's very exciting when you go back to the actual Bitcoin mining infrastructure is that you can effectively set it up anywhere. So think about, you know, a waterfall in Africa, you can, it's very easy to set up the mining infrastructure with, um, you know, limited amount of people that are needed to run it. And then you can simply strap a couple satellites on top. And then that waterfall or that resource now becomes economically productive for that, uh, for that country where, and, and it can be located hundreds of miles away from where human settlement and cities actually are in infrastructure. So, so it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like the, the potential that this technology has. Yeah, because yeah. I, I suppose otherwise, all of these beautiful waterfalls, they're just, they're cool to look at, but hey, we could have Bitcoin miners plugged into them essentially. I don't know if the technology is there yet, but certainly when we think about where the art of the possible as we look out, um, th these are the kinds of things that the ecosystem is trying to figure out. How how do we um, manage of making these renewable sources that otherwise couldn't be productive? How can we, how can we make these these stranded renewables productive in a way that ultimately contributes to the benefit of society. And I think that that's a great point, Jamie, that the industry players, we're all constantly thinking about how can we do this better? How can we innovate? I, was, I think it's pretty safe to say that all of us, regardless of where we are, we're all thinking about, you know, there's only a few fixed costs and inputs here that we need in order to create this output of high performance compute. So how can we be doing it better is a conversation that we all work collaboratively have together. Like I said, this crypto climate accord that we joined. And that's one of the things that's so exciting about not just Bitcoin, but the digital asset industry in general. What about, uh, so, I mean, Elon had to have known uh, that, uh, you know, Bitcoin currently per transaction uses a lot of, of energy. Why this U-turn? Is, is he setting up for a switch to Doge here? Is, is, is this a switch to, uh, you know, another coin? Uh, is he is a U-turn? I don't know. what's Does he want a discount on, on Bitcoin to go buy in the dip? You know, what's what, what do you think? Well, certainly he's created a dip. So for those that <laughs> yeah. buy the dip, and Kevin, I know it's on the back of your shirt right now. Uh, it's, it's definitely an opportunity to buy the dip. And I look, I don't think any of us can uh, put ourselves in the in the head of Elon, uh, but certainly um, people pay attention to his Twitter and his Twitter has, has real world immediate impacts. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how things evolve, certainly. And I think, I think this conversation is an important conversation. Mm -hmm. Debate is healthy. We should be having this 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 debate, and people should be engaged in the conversation, and people should should be thinking through how we how we value this um, this innovation, and then and and thinking through how how do we look at at the traditional banking system's energy use? How do we look at uh, the impacts on the environment for traditional gold and gold mining for battery production? Like I think there should be a conversation in every industry about how. Uh, it interacts with the environment and what those environmental impacts look like. It shouldn't be limited to to, to the big world of Bitcoin, but if this is the place the conversation starts, and then it creates a narrative that expands to all in industries, and we start to look at industry from a from an ESG lens, mm -hmm. uh, and we're equally kind of doing apples to apples comparisons and and how we evaluate industries through this perspective. If it has to start here, I actually think 
that's wonderful. It should start somewhere and we should all be able to uh, to apply the same filter to the to the areas where innovation is occurring to um to the tr to well to all technology really technology to to the bank to fintech to the banking system we should have a healthy discord about about the esg narrative for all industries hmm. uh what's actually fascinating about that is really what you're saying is if we start a conversation around energy at Bitcoin, that's going to lead to more research and deep diving into, well, wait a minute, can we actually put our finger on how much just JP Morgan uses? Yeah. You know, maybe rather than comparing Bitcoin to, you know, Sri Lanka and, and, and smaller countries and, and making these, these comparisons just to try to make a point, we actually compare them to, wait a minute. What does it cost to run all the ATMs we got around? <laughs> and then, oh, and then if you tie in the S and the G and okay, so what are we spending on energy for XYZ operation? But then how is that also affecting social? How is that also affecting things from a governance perspective? Like how is this forwarding humanities and those who are disenfranchised? Like if we start them throwing in those comparables when we're all having that energy conversation, I think that would be incredible for for all industry and looking at, you know, where do we actually see value for, for what we're doing? So that's, that's maybe, maybe we're going to thank Elon for kicking off a discord <laughs> that, uh, that creates a healthy conversation for the way we look at all industry in general, not just. Yeah. At HUD 8, we welcome the debate. Like we absolutely welcome this debate. Um, and we think it's actually a lot of fun to be getting out here and just, um, you know, really having this conversation for sure. Yeah, that's it's uh, absolutely something that's been sparked now. So, uh, I mean, Elon Musk tweeted this yesterday, which was right before your earnings this morning. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, give give folks maybe a short summary of of your earnings? Uh, and obviously, the markets, you know, reacting to Elon. But uh, tell us a little bit about about your company. Yeah, so we we were obviously it was a, it was a surprise to see Elon's tweet last night, and we and we knew that it would have a significant impact this morning on the markets, of course, and and then it made it made a conversation that much more important as well on our earnings call this morning for us to to be uh, to be on the front foot about our views in in um, in this in this aspect. Um, and the reality is, we had we had the best Q1 revenue or the the best quarterly revenue results uh, that we've had as a company. So we we were incredibly proud of the of the earnings announcement this morning and um, and the work we've done over the past few months. As I talked about the last time I was here, Kevin, just building out this this incredible team uh, and uh, and a strategy to really drive uh, growth and diversification using the HUD8 platform. So we were, were super proud of our earnings this morning um, and happy. And again, it, the not ideal timing for sure from a from a, how it imp impacted the Bitcoin miners uh, in general from a market perspective. But it's a healthy conversation to have. It's a good conversation to have. Um, and uh, and, and we're really proud of how we're positioning ourselves from a sustainability and ESG perspective within the broader narrative. Yeah. Nice. Nice. As hot eight mining, I know, I know you carry a lot of coins. Uh, have you ever considered diversifying into, uh, I know it sounds crazy, but, uh, an, another, another company like, uh, like Coinbase, for example, I, maybe it's an extreme question. I don't know. I, I can't say we've ever thought about that. We're really focused on, uh, 
you know, diversifying within within the our own revenue streams. Obviously, we've added yield accounts so that we're we're now making fiat off of our Bitcoin holdings, which was a really exciting development so far this year. Um, and we are obviously starting to mine the Ethereum network with this with this move into into GPU. So we're really focused on kind of our own foundation at the moment. But um, look, we're always thinking. That's that's for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Would, and I think also that's on our radar in particular too is what can we be doing from a business perspective and build out perspective with this extraordinary reserve of Bitcoin that we have on our yeah. on our balance sheet, right? Like hodling isn't just the sole objective here because you know mm. if you believe in the bull case for Bitcoin, which we do, then you have to believe that like every other financial instrumentation and tool, that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity and products and services that can be built on top of that. So so that's another sort of area that we're really excited to continue to explore as well. Like what can you build on this extraordinary reserve? So gosh, yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh the um so right now your balance sheet is it's it's mostly uh Bitcoin, but you're also expanding into Ethereum mining. Is is there do you have a percentage goal of like we want 50-50 or you know, maybe it's 40-40-20 into alts? Uh, any any thoughts there? Well, certainly what uh, our intention in the in the in the early days is to mine the Ethereum network, but actually to continue to settle in Bitcoin. Uh, we're ah, super okay. proud of our Bitcoin balance. We've got um, 3,500 Bitcoin, all that we've self-mined. Um, so we're, we're definitely Bitcoin bulls. We'll start mining Ethereum, but settling in Bitcoin. But then we're looking forward to how that how that conversation and strategy evolves as we start to move into this space, because this is new for us. The um, the initial 10 card test cards from NVIDIA are actually expected to arrive on site today. So the team's excitedly waiting to see the truck pull up and, uh, oh, and start playing with this with this new tech. It's a really, really exciting time here at, at HUD8. And uh, we're excited to see where uh, where this exploration will take us. I think what's also really like cool. Oh, go to. Sorry. No, no. Sir. Oh, OK. So I think what's also really cool is that um, Jamie hired a head of technology, this guy named Jason Zalewski, who's like a staking yield DeFi master. That's sort of his traditional wheelhouse. And so he's the guy who, as you see, sort of the explosive growth of the NFT space, the DeFi space, oh my he really got his, th his thumb on the pulse of all of that. Um, and again, I'm not saying that we're immediately going to be getting into that, but there, there is an extraordinary amount of optionality to play in these new verticals and industries and digitization trends that we've never been able to play in before and so yeah we're really pumped about what what this is going to bring yeah and then it layers in with oh, our, our, our new head of sustainability so that everything we do we're 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 doing with the with a view to towards how do we make this the most uh sustainable company doing this type of innovation yeah, and and the beautiful thing about your company is is you can just set up more containers, right? I mean, how much more land do you have? And I know that you've just you've just you're planning on adding what is it? I think seventy percent is is your plan to add? Uh, maybe we can hit those numbers well, again. Yeah, so we've we've announced through our partnership with Validus that we can add up to a hundred megawatts. The first thirty five megawatts we're looking to stand up this fall, um, and so yeah, absolutely we. It's it's modular infrastructure that that we build out, and the nice thing about our relationship with Validus Power is it's behind the fence power generation. It's also so they bring in uh, mobile mobile infrastructure, our containers we can bring in as well. 
So uh, we're really excited about that. And, and as I say, first 35 uh, this fall, and then we'll, we'll build out our roadmap from there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's absolutely incredible. So really, uh, you see this space as it grows, becoming more competitive and becoming even more transparent. And, and these challenges, like Elon U-turning, essentially, just being bumps in the road here, uh, and, and that you're open to really the entire industry. And if there's an opportunity for you, it sounds like, to maybe mine a different coin that proves to be more profitable, then maybe you mine that and settle in Bitcoin. Does it, I mean, are we going to see any Dogecoin mining anytime soon? That is not on our roadmap, but as I say, we we uh, we're very much looking at Bitcoin and then Ethereum, and uh, look, the art of the possible will always remain the art of the possible, and that's the beautiful thing about this space. You know what I actually love about about the Dogecoin story, um, or just tremendous growth, is it really is a symptom of like the triumph of the internet. Like the internet is the new decentralized hedge fund. Like the way that um, you know, GameStop and Dogecoin has sort of flipped traditional financial narratives uh, on their head. I think I think is really fascinating. Like it's 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 extraordinary to see. Um, and yeah, it's a really fun space to be in. Yeah, yeah no there's kidding. certainly I, never a moment of boredom in this world. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, no kidding. I mean, what what do you, how do you feel about you know? Some folks say that uh, that that you know, if you can move markets with the power of a tweet, that potentially there's a risk of market manipulation. Do you think that cryptocurrency markets are still at that young stage where, where you know, we're, we are really subject to, like we should really expect continued volatility like this uh, it, it just simply because of tweets or is it just gonna be a short term thing and hey, in a couple of years we'll have grown so much that it won't even matter anymore? I don't think it's just crypto that is exposed to, to tweets. I think we, sure. what, you know, what we saw with, uh, with GameStop and and kind of that activity on the equities side, um, I think I, I don't think it's a crypto only conversation. Mm, I, gotcha. I also think that there is a tremendous amount of um, institutional investment and real eyes that are coming into the space, and that is going to really temper this volatility long term. Um, yeah. That's that's a good point. Now, I, I do wonder, though, if we get more institutions in, I can't help but think about what happened with uh, Archegos, the 20x over leverage and initially thought to be 8x leverage. Is is there a concern that institutions might have more access to derivatives and, and uh, you know, creative options that would allow them to uh, potentially over leverage in, in the crypto space and, and lead to potentially larger crashes if, if, if we had one? Uh, unlike what's available in the fiat space. Good point. <laughs> yeah, also true. Okay. Yeah. But, but uh, is, I, so I, not I, not a concern of yours. Well, look, I think I think that one of the fascinating paradigms that exists in this space is uh, people apply different rules to uh, digital currencies than they do to fiat currencies, and that and I, 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 that the I, the logic is lost on me when when that happens, um, because ultimately they're they're similar in instruments just packaged in different vehicles i guess that's a good point you, you touched on i remember now you touched on that last time and and it's just dawning me i mean really like okay yeah may, okay say there is an archegos in the crypto space it doesn't mean the entire system has to has has to fall apart uh so i mean very fair point the um you know with your coins are your you're now yield uh, farming with those uh, is this lending to institutions essentially 
So we just have two strategic counterparties that we work with, Genesis, and we've recently announced uh, with Galaxy as well. So very strategic counterparties. Uh, we have a thousand Bitcoin uh, currently committed with with Genesis, and we'll do the same with Galaxy, where uh, we we lend them a thousand Bitcoin and earn a yield in, in return. Uh, but it's def it's managed by by these strategic counterparties. Any reason just those two? I mean, why not just uh, lend to anybody? Uh, you know, you've got uh, blockchain. If you need a margin call, use the blockchain. You know, why 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 bother vetting? You know, why why not just lend to anyone? Well, we certainly want to make sure our uh, Bitcoin is safe. It's absolutely about uh, trusted counterparties and making sure that mm -hmm. our assets are absolutely secure. There's also additional benefits to both of these counterparties from a services um, perspective that they do have a, a relatively robust platform of additional services that we could mm -hmm. potentially leverage if we wanted to. Um, and they're just incredible partners. Like we saw what Galaxy just brokered with BitGo. I think it was about a week and a half ago. Like yeah. We're really proud to be to have those players as partners of ours that we can continue as they grow, that we can grow with them potentially. So um, that's another big part of it as well, I think. And Bitco's wow. already Bitco is our custodian partner already. So uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful to be working with some of the top uh, players in the industry. So really. Even though you're you're considered, you know, folks say, "Hey, crypto miner," really, you're also making money on uh, appreciation of your assets, uh, but also on on now lending uh, those assets. And then it sounds like there, there's the potential for getting other benefits back and uh, to really expand your business even more. Certainly, strategic partnerships are are core to uh, to our business model. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Anything else? I mean, what? Uh, anything else we haven't covered yet? I mean, certainly this this Elon, uh, you know, talk about energy. It's gonna be fascinating to see how this plays out. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely, I imagine, we're gonna get so many more studies spawned by this on on energy, which I agree with you. I think it's such a great argument that, that this is a good thing. Yeah. What what else are we missing? Is is this something where we just look at this and go, look, you know, this is gonna be uh, some temporary drama here. If you're a hodler, buy the dip and don't worry about it. Uh, you know, not financial advice, obviously. But uh, what's uh, you know, any, anything else we're not covering? Well, I think if you look at at the history of Bitcoin, we've we've had these moments before. I think during the last cycle, there was a lot of talk about what Bitcoin was being used for, um, and we don't that that's kind of a narrative you don't hear anymore because it's well understood that fiat based currency is is the per, the more dominant uh, currency used in illicit transactions. So that narrative isn't something that Bitcoin has to face today. But it it was a similar type of tsunami kind of event that that the industry had to tackle uh, during the last cycle. And I think now the energy conversation is the big one that we're that we're we need to hit uh, head on in this cycle. But again, I think it's incredibly important. I think over time, uh, the the Bitcoin ecosystem and narrative will be better for it. Will be. Um, uh, we'll be better positioned. We'll be able to again have really, really healthy debates on uh, how inv investment in this industry compares to investment in other industries that are more opaque and and aren't having the same conversation. So I think this is just uh, to your point a, a blip along the way. We know this industry is in its early innings. We're going to have to go through these these tough conversations, and they're important to have. And ultimately, over the long term, they strengthen the value. They strengthen they strengthen the commitment. And uh, and I, I think Sue Sue sent me a quote the other day about um, 
smooth waters don't make a good sailor. So ultimately, you need to go through these storms to, to be very, very hardened uh, as, a, as an asset. Um, and for me personally, I'm incredibly excited about the Ethereum ecosystem, the decentralized finance space, um, and the amount of opportunity and business that is going to be unlocked in a effectively disintermediated space, like we're smart contract as law, not the market maker, not the mortgage broker. I'm not saying that we want to disrupt those industries altogether, but sure. it's incredibly exciting to think about when smart contract is governing interactions between two people versus sort of a third party, like what that's going to do in terms of progress and innovation. Um, and I'm just really yeah. excited that we've got the optionali and optionality now to play in that space. Uh, so when you think about what the de the whole concept of broad decentralization and putting the individual in in the in the center of control of their data and their domain as opposed to you know your big uh, centralized entities, I, I I think I think it's impossible to imagine a world where the individual be goes to the center of it all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's uh, that's incredible. And, and and you see those those options as well with future, uh, you know, Bitcoin uh, uh, versions, uh, because right now we're, we're seeing so much of the smart contracts in Ethereum, but you are hodling in in, uh, in Bitcoin. Is this is does that even require any kind of transition or what are you thinking of? I'm just speaking to the the art of the possible as the uh, mm. the blockchain ecosystem continues to evolve. Impossible just to the, imagine, it, but just the, the space. The space in general, absolutely, and of course, oh gosh, um, yeah. the Bitcoin uh, blockchain kind of being the the center or the the originator of all of the innovation that's that sub subsequently come based on you know that original white paper from Satoshi. Wow. Wow. So incredible. I mean, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I thank you both so much for your time. How uh, how can folks uh, learn more about your company and uh, and, and what you do? Well, you can follow us on our on our social channels uh, or visit our website. Uh, we are actually putting our website under construction, so we're looking forward to uh, to a new website coming uh, later on this summer. Um, but we're we try to be really really accessible as as a team here at HUD8, so we're definitely not hard to find. Yeah, I'm at Big Suey on Twitter and available to chat anytime. And Jamie is at Jamie Leverton, and it's at HUD8 Mining. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was on Instagram or Twitter, you said? On Twitter. Twitter's the best Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. it is, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this has been a blast. Thank you both so much. If you can stand by for one moment, everybody else, if you found this helpful, consider sharing the video and subscribing. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you in the next one.